Okay, let's get started with Parshas Vayigash, Tov Shin Ayin Zayin. As now we are post Hanukkah, we are back to purely Sefer Bracious as we uh, reach the climax of the Sefer. We left off on a cliffhanger at the end of Mikates, the, uh, the biggest cliffhanger there is in all of uh, the Parshas of the Torah. What's going to happen? We have to try to read it with the eyes of a child. And now we pick it up with Vayigash. Vayigash, I love Yehuda. Yehuda stands up and he is Arev, as we learned in last week's parasha, Anochi Er Venu, he takes care of Binyamin, he stands up for him, and that is one of the great moments in Jewish, in Jewish history. Says the, uh, Arachayim Akadosh. Let's start with the Arachayim. So the Arachayim again, a thought that, uh, is discussed by the Rishonim already, and the Achronim as well. Raisi Lasei Slave. Get a very famous question. Be'inyin Yosef. Yosef finally reveals himself to his brothers and then reveals himself, obviously, to his father. And the question that bothers the Ramban and many others already has been, why do he keep such a secret? For decades, for so many, not decades, so many, but for years, you know, he was, he was in Mitzrayim and he knew, now for sure he knew that his father was alive and his father, right, even if you want to say at the at the beginning, maybe he didn't know if his if his father was was involved, but Pasha's he wasn't. He could have just sent them a postcard. Say, as the Rechaim Hakadosh, why wasn't he thinking about the tsar of his father? You could say maybe when he was in jail, when he was in Eved, maybe he tried, but they wouldn't let him. When he was in jail. Once he was second in command, send a letter to, to soften his pain. Yosef could imagine the pain that his father must have been in. Right? So, why just a little bit? And then he adds, and it's even worse. Not only was he in pain, he was starving. Right? His father was there with no food. His brother, the sons were, and the brothers were giving, were giving it back. Didn't, wouldn't that make him a little more just like, okay, I have, what? Vod. And he continues. Again, it's all the same basic question. And right when finally the brothers came. So many different pshatim given to answer this question, but we're going to see what the Arachayim has to say. The Ramban we discussed in previous years, he interpreted it as Nevuah, the Abarbanel, and others. But then he adds, the Hain Emes, it is true that from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's point of view, so to speak, this was all part of the divine plan. Yes, we know that. That Yaakov, L'shalim Yaakov Chav Beishanim, the 22 years that Yaakov was a Meshavish's father, so he had a 22 years Bitzar, and also they had to get the Redu, Redu Shama 210. So all the math had to work out, Mitzad HaKadosh Baruch But Yaakov didn't know that. Yosef didn't know that. So what gave Yosef the right? Line 12. Why? So Venerez says the Arachai Makadosh, two points. The second one is even more surprising than the, for the first one. But first he says Venera. Yosef Tam The first one is on a very practical level. Vuhu. Kime Ace Yuri Dasal Mitzrayim at Ace Badibro, uh, the, 
The entire time he was in Egypt. Maybe he didn't want to. Why? He was still scared. If he would send it, remember the last time his brothers almost killed him. So maybe he was still nervous that the brothers would try to kill him again. What's changed? Yosef doesn't know of any change until he proves to them that he's not out to get them. Until he proves to them that it was all Yad Hashem. Until that point, Yosef is scared for his life. The brothers try to kill him once. Remember, he overheard them talking. Let's kill him. Oh no, throw him in the pit. He just got out of there by the skin of his teeth. But but now, who says anything's changed over the decades? Maybe he's thinking all those years, the brothers are like so happy, good riddance, he's gone. So he's nervous, number one. And then he also adds a second point. Ulitzad boshtam uklimasan me'avihem yimasur atzma alav la'adu ben ha'olam. Oh, this is continuing first. Lovatakiyalam boshes me'avihem. Maybe to prevent the embarrassment Let's say the message would go, would go there. And the brothers, right when the brothers came down, Yosef would say, hi, I'm Yosef. Maybe they wouldn't want to take the message back. They would be so, so worried and they would just turn around and hurt him. Just get rid of him once and for all. So that is all number one. He's worried for his life. Simple. But then he adds... What about afterwards when he's a Sar Gadol and there's really no Shash, he has bodyguards. So then you get to the second idea, which he already alluded to, but he says, top left, Mutav Adam He didn't want to embarrass his brothers. Unbelievable. His father was in pain. But he didn't want to cause his brother's direct embarrassment. And he'd rather have his father be a little longer in pain until everything could work out, the brothers wouldn't be embarrassed, and they could work out a story, which itself is a mystery, whether Yaakov Avinu ever found out the actual story. That is not clear in the text. You know, whether the, the, after Yaakov dies, the brothers come to Yosef and say, well, you shouldn't be upset with him. But did, did he know exactly? Is it explicit? It's not explicit. Until, let's continue now, towards the end now, where it's underlined. After he gave them everything. He's with them, believe Shalim, and it's all from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And if it's all from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if the father would ever find out, it wouldn't be embarrassing anymore because it was all Yad Hashem. I'm telling you, it was Yad Hashem. I don't hold a grudge. Yosef HaTzadik says, Ki Yomrei King They could tell their father, Look, Hashem wanted Yosef to be there, so it all worked out behind the scenes. So the Archaim HaKadosh says, First of all, he was nervous, and second of all, he didn't want to embarrass his brothers. He wanted to prove to them just like I take care of you now, that's why I'm here, to take care of the family, and that's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent it. But it all goes back to what we had in last week's parsha by Tamar, Noach Lola, two weeks ago, I'm sorry, Parsha's by Yeshev, Noach Lola Adam, and that's exactly what Yosef did as well. Okay, so now we get to the 
most famous declaration in the parsha. Yosef says to all of the other people in the room, you need to leave. He can't hold it in anymore. He's cried a number of times. He says, quickly, go out, go out, go out. I am Yosef, is my father still alive? And the brothers couldn't answer him. We're not going to get into again now, the Beis Halevi and the other Mepharshim. What does Ha'od Avichai mean? He knows his father's alive. Why does he ask again? So there's obviously a lot of depth to that, but not for now. But we're going to just talk about this moment, this defining moment in Jewish history. Rav Salvechik points out something fascinating. Says the Rav in source number two, the moment Yosef disclosed his identity, he ceased to be a ruler over Israel. The second, Yosef is, is the leader. He's taking care of the brothers. He's in charge. He is the Shevet that is the one that is gearing history right now and directing history. The second that Yosef is going to say, Ani Yosef, he is giving over the reins to Yehuda. Yehuda stood up. This was Yehuda's spotlight, this soliloquy that he has at the beginning, this monologue, right? Ani Yosef. That answer to Yosef standing up, Yosef is saying, okay, you're, you're, you're the king. At that moment, Yosef gives it up. Yes, he's going to be taking care of them. But for now on, just as has been in the story, Yehuda was in charge. Yosef is now giving in to Yehuda. Thus ceding sovereignty, he ceased to be a ruler over Israel. Thus ceding sovereignty to Yehuda. Providence willed that Yosef would lose and Yehuda would win. Says of Salvation to appreciate this a little more, the two powers of Yosef and Yehuda. And Yehuda now taking over and Yosef lowering himself, so to speak. To give it over to Yehuda, we have to go back to their ancestors, to their mothers. Right? Yehuda from Leah and Yosef from Rachel. Let's think about what they have done in their lives. Leah and Rachel. Yaakov loved Rachel very much and tells Lavan he's ready to serve seven years for Rachel. She certainly reciprocated Yaakov's love. Yet she acquiesced to the scheme devised by Lavan to substitute Leah. Yet what did Rachel do? She lowered herself. She allowed someone else to go ahead of her. That is what Rachel did. That's the Midah of B'nai Rachel. It's the Midah of Yosef. To let somebody, to sacrifice oneself for the betterment of the cloud. Not only did Rachel not tell Yaakov about her father's plan, but she cooperated, as we know, in the conspiracy, sharing the password with Leah. How'd she do this? The answer is because they both symbolize something else. This narrative involves two Midos of Hashem, line 11, Chesed and Gvura. Leah represents, obviously, gvura, strength. To be able, even, she did the wedding. We say Rachel gets all the credit. Leah also had to have some credit. She went into the marriage. That's very risky. What if Yaakov finds out? What if Yaakov realizes? And she's embarrassed and screamed at. But she has that strength to stand up. She has that stand up to say, I know this is what I need to do. I know this is what's going to happen, and I'm ready for it. Gvura, dignity and majesty of man. She cooperates. Rachel was the opposite. She is the tragic heroine who lived for others. She surrendered her rights so others could find the happiness denied to them. The ultimate chesed. And their children. Now, with that background, Rachel is the one that self-effaces 
And Leah is the one that is the leader in the open way. It's exactly Yehuda and Yosef. What we find in our parsha: Yehuda is the son of Leah. Power, authority, prestige. And that's Malchus. And that's what's needed for Malchus. Yaakov describes him as an Aryeh, a warrior, who relentlessly pursues his enemies. That's one leader. Yosef was the son of Rachel. His mission, his leadership was to sacrifice, to retreat from hard-worn, hard-worn positions. And he sacrificed many times, but the ultimate sacrifice was when he treated his brothers when they were at his mercy. Yosef befriended them. Behind the scenes, he was bringing them to love him. Who is the king? Yehuda is the king. They're both leaders. But ultimately, Yehuda has the midah of gvura which is needed for Malchus. Yosef, B'nai Yosef, Shaul HaMelech was not a successful king. He might have been a tzaddik, but not a successful king. But B'nai Yosef, that's not what destiny had. So at this moment, when Yosef says, Ani Yosef, he is giving up his leadership role now, following the lead of Rachel Imenu. It's exactly what happened. And that, as we know, is what's depicted as well in the Haftorah. In the Haftorah of Ayigash, the beautiful description in Yechezkel, where Yechezkel says, Yata ben Adam, Kach lecha eitz echad uksova lovely Yehuda, v'levne Yisrael chavera, v'lekach eitz echad uksova lovely Yosef, eitz Ephraim, v'chol beis Yisrael chavera. Take two sticks. Two sticks, one with Yehuda written on it, one with Ephraim written on it. V'karav osam elchad alachad, lecha leitz echad. Bring them together, v'hayu laachadim biyadecha. They need to be together. They need to come together. It's the Achdus, but who is the one that's the lead? You can only have one leader. They're Ma'achid, but it's Yehuda and Yosef that come together. And the Haftarah ends, When there's Achdus amongst Kla Yisrael, but that is the Haftarah that talks about Yehuda and Yosef coming together. Continuing along these lines, there is a very interesting drasha. Fascinating drasha given by Rabbi Yosef Engel. It's quoted here in the Teferis Yosef, which again is the compilation of, of uh, Rabbi Yosef Engel's Torah, uh, put together on la Torah, on Sefer Bracious, where he has somewhat symbolic, not really Kabbalistic, but a, a, a deep thought that has to do with numbers. And it also reflects the connection between Yosef and Yehuda and their unification in coming together. And we'll try to understand what his message is through his own words and then with the help of the Maharal Miprag. So let's see what he says. Step number one. Says of Yosef Engel, Hoda'a, giving thanks, being moda, is often connected to the number five. Right, sir, of Yosef Engel. Let's go to line four. Venira inyan his amus Yosef, vi Yehuda, it's five. Where do you see it's connected to five? Hoda'a, Shekei, number one, Birchos Shevach. We know we usually think of the three areas of brachos of Shemona Esrei as Shevach, Bakasha, and Hoda'a. That's usually how we translate it. But really, the last three are not Hoda'a. One of the last three is Hoda'a. Ritzay has nothing to do with Hoda'a. And Simshalom has nothing to do with Hoda'a. It's only Modem. It's only the Modem Bracha. So if you look at the Gemara, it doesn't even call him Shalap Akasha Hoda'a. And the Rambam also. The Rambam in source number four. And Hilchas Tfilah writes the structure of Shimon Esrei, bottom left. 
The Rambam says, as we know, this is a dinta araisa, to have this structure of Shmon Esrei. The Rambam says, what do we do first? Okay, first is Shavach, then is Sheila Shrachav, and then is Shavach again. Part of the Shavach afterwards is Hoda'ah. But it's also Shevach to recognize. That's also a little difficult. That Simshalma sounds like more Bakasha. Again, not for now. But says Rav Yosef Engel, really, all six are, bak- are Shevach. Shevach beginning, Shevach at the end, the middle are Bakashos. Number five of the Shevach is Hoda'ah. Right? Modim is the fifth of six Brachos that surround Bakasha. Bakasha's is the Iker part of Shwan Esrei. That's the meat. And then we have an introduction and we have a conclusion. But that's the Gemara in Brachas says that's how it should be looked at. We have to approach God in a certain way and we have to leave God in a certain way. So Bakasha's is the middle. But, says Rabbi Yosef Engel, Shken Bircha Shavach Tatvilas Yudches, Dehim Gimel Brachas Rishonus Vigimel Achronos, Brachas Chamishis, Bebirchas Hashavach Himodim Anachnu Lach. Says Rabbi Yosef Engel, Hoda is connected to five. Where else is Hoda connected to five? Lacha Hashem, Hagdula, Vagvura, Vatiferes, Vahanetzach, Viahod. Hod is five. So, step number one, says of Yosef Engel, Hoda is connected to the number five. Step number two, and well, he's gonna put this all together afterwards. Whenever we wanna add on Kedusha, Hosafas Kedusha, that also is connected to the number five. For example, he writes on line 16. The halacha is, we might not have ever thought about it. Many of us, we've read the Mishnah and the Gemara. The Gemara tells us in Shvuis, if you want to add on to the Kedusha of Yerushalayim, you want to expand the borders, how do you do that? So there's a whole process. But part of being most of Kedusha is, I'm sorry, I skipped. I'm going to read that afterwards. Let's hold off on that on line 16. Go to line uh, 18 for a second. Where do we see Hosafas Kedusha having to do with five? We know there's a concept called Pidyon. You can be Poda Maishr Shani. You can be Poda Hektish when you take Kedusha from one thing and you add it on to another item. What's the halacha? Mosef Chomesh. You have to add on a fifth. What we call 25%. But the Gemara calls it a fifth. It's Dafka. It's a Chomesh. Because once there's Hosafas Kedusha, says of Yosef Engel, that's also Dafka called a chomesh, even though we would call it a quarter. It's a chomesh. Once you add it on, then it's a chomesh. So Hoda is connected to number five. Hosafas Kedusha is connected to number five. Step number three. This is what we I said before. There's a connection between Hoda'a and Hosafas Kedusha. See where we're going with this in a minute. And this is what we get back to, what we just said on line 16. When we want to add on Kedusha to Yerushalayim, what do we have to do? We have to bring Alachme Toda. We have to bring Karbanas Toda. Toda? What are we giving Toda for? One of the four? We'll get to that. But no, because there's a connection to, step one, there's a connection between Hoda and number five. There's a connection between Hosafas Kedusha and number five. There's a connection between Hosafas Kedusha and Hoda'a. Hosafas Kedusha Yesh Ima Inyan Hoda'a Shi Alkein HaHusafa Ayushalayim Ubalachme Toda As it says in Meseches Shvuos Put this all together What's the message? Yosef and Yehuda Yosef The Hosafa in his name It's about adding It's about addition Hosafas Kedusha Yosef was the epitome The model of Kedusha 
Kedusha, what's a Kadosh? Kadosh is parush. Kadosh to you, prushim to you. With Ashes Potiphar, Kedusha, Hoslavas Kedusha, and Yehuda, obviously, Hapam, Ode Es Hashem. As we said, this is the connection, as the Haftorah mentioned, between Yosef and Yehuda, Hosafas Kedusha, and Oda. It's all connected through five. And one more, and then we'll have to try to figure out what the message is of all of this. If you look in the second column, he writes on top, that's the two Mashiachs, Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben David. When there's more Kedusha in the world, that's Yosef, that's when Mashiach ben David, Yehuda is going to come onto the scene. But then he says, V'zewa Kavana, line 17, the Pasuk Tehillim, the only time where Yosef is spelled with a hey. Edus be Yosef Shmo, but say it's always been sorry, I think it's the Yom for Thursday. Edus be Yosef Shmo, Edus with Yosef, but it's Yehosef. Why does he get the extra hey there? Betseso al Eretz Mitzrayim. When he went out on Eretz Mitzrayim. What does it mean when he went out? When he went out of jail and he became the leader in Mitzrayim. Says Rabbi Yosef Engel, the Yotzi Beis Asurim going out of jail is one of the Dalat Srichim Lahodos. There's the Hosafas Kedusha man having the overlap with Hoda'a the Alkane, and that's why he gets a hay in his name. Because as we said, the hay is connected, five is connected to both Hoda'a and Hosafas Kedusha. Ki in Yane Achamishi, hey. Velachay Shmo Yehosef. So what does this all this mean to us? And this is somewhat uh, esoteric uh, the, in the words of Rabbi Yosef Eagles. He does not explain. But maybe we can understand it a little more, take a little message of it by thinking about what the number five symbolizes. Every number in Yadus symbolizes something. Every, every, every number has some unique characteristic. And the Maharal very often is the one that goes through the numbers and tells us what the uh, important factor of these numbers are. Says the Maharal here in his commentary on Pirkei Avos, in the Derech Hayim, on the Mishnah, the beginning of the fifth parak of Asara Ma'amaros Nivra Ha'olam. So on that Mishnah, he talks about the number five and he talks about the number ten. So, number five. Says the Maharal, five is four plus one. You know how you know that? Look at the letter. Hey as compared to Dalit. Hey is a Dalit with a little extra. That's how you know. It's four plus one. Why is that important? What's four and what's the one? Says the Maharal, the Yesh Ladas, source number five. Ki ha-Dalit mora al-Rochev ba-Orech ha-Sher b'Tzuras ha-Dalit. Kav nimshach ba-Rochev. The kav nimshach ba-Orech was il-Rochev ba-Orech. You know what four symbolizes? All the different directions. Scattered. All over. Look at a Dalit. It's two perpendicular lines, so all directions are covered. Right? Right? North, south, and east, west. Two lines that are facing in all four directions. Four symbol, may arba kanfos haaretz. Four symbolizes out there, not connected, disparate parts. That's Dalid. Umore hadavar azeh, says the Maharal. Al hispashtus hashetach lorech varochav. I'm going to spread you. Why do we call it the four corners of the earth? Kadosh Baruch Hu knows that the world, the earth is round. Why do we call it the four corners? And we're going to be gathered from the four corners. Is that just a way, a way to say it? No, because four symbolizes that, says the Maharal. Four symbolizes all the different directions. And we've said that many times. All over.
So then, what's five? Five is the little extra glue that holds the four together. It symbolizes the four coming back, being brought, it's like the magnet that's holding together all the directions. Vahanakuda, shehi betocha dalarachanasa oshei, says the Maharal. Five symbolizes the anchor midpoint that holds the four directions together. That's the hey, a dollar with a little yud as glue. Kibbutz Golios, when all the dollar are brought in, right, picture a dollar, and then when everybody comes underneath, inside, then you have the little line there, the hey symbolizing everybody coming back together, the ultimate, the ultimate achdus. That's four and five. Five symbolizing a unit of coming together. What's the ultimate unit? When you have, now putting together with Rabbi Yosef Engel's words, the five of Yehuda, of Hoda'ah, and the five of Yosef, of Osavas Kedusha, that's the ultimate coming together. When you have the fives, which already symbolizes Achtus, coming together. Isn't it interesting, if you turn the page, it's a beautiful book, Jewish Wisdom and the Numbers. It's all about different numbers, mostly based on the Maharal. So many things in life are five plus five. Why does Hashem give us two hands, each with five fingers, two feet, each with five toes, Hashem could have picked different numbers. And then it's the two fives coming together to make hands, to make toes. Why do we assume in the Midrashim say that Aseris Adibras is split into five and five? Right? There are a lot more words in the first five than the last five. No, it's five and five. Right? Luchos. It's two Luchos. Why isn't there just one Luach? No, it's again... Five and five, because five, as the Maharal said, symbolizes a unit itself. And when two fives come together, that's super unified achdus. Look in the middle. Each half of the ten represents an all-inclusive unit. Each half is a unit, the five fingers, as separate yet interconnected digits, complete a hand. Together, the coordination of the fingers on man's hand can effectively accomplish many activities. But it's only half. The second, the Ten Commandments, the Shnei Luchos Abris, it's not on one. And one could even say, again, not for now, says on the bottom, the Gemara says, Rashi quotes it on the on Parshat Bracious, that this world was created with a hay, Olam Abbas created with a Yud, that's the ultimate perfect world, but all of this comes together in Arpsha when Yosef says, Ani Yosef. As we said, that itself now, the brothers are back together for eternity. And that's the Haftorah, when the future, which didn't happen yet, when Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David, when they could come together, the first coming back together is in our Parsha, the ultimate coming back together is in the Haftorah. But this is fives and tens, the Chulu. Somewhat esoteric, but... Try to have a little everything in the uh, in the partnership. Okay, let's continue now back to a little more concrete. Something that we discussed about nine years ago, but uh, there's a hosafa to it, so uh, we will repeat it. But it's in a very it's a crucial thought. If we look in Perak Memhei Pasik Tes, what happens? Yosef says, "Don't worry." It was Hashem's doing. Hashem has made me to in charge of Paro. Go quickly. Go back to Abba and tell him. What should you tell him? Quickly, go tell him that I'm in charge. 
Go and tell him that I have an awesome job. Quickly, quickly go. Would that be the most important thing that Yosef wants to know, that Yaakov wants to know? Yosef says, quickly go to our father and tell him that Hashem has made me an Adon in Mitzrayim. Why is that so important to tell Yaakov? Says the Darki Musr in the name of the Radziner, the, the Ruzin, Ruziner. Eze besura toba hi laviv, shemevasrim lo shu Adon l'chol Mitzrayim. Eze chashiv azi liyakov, shiyesh liyosef kovin medume. So Yosef is second in command in Egypt. Yaakov, Yaakov's going to be impressed about that. Wow, he's vice president. Amazing. I'm so excited. That's what he should tell Yaakov. Umitaretz. No, you have to read the whole sentence closely. He's not just saying, I got a great job. That's not the language that Yosef used. Yosef says, Hashem placed me as the vice president. As the viceroy, Samani Elokim LaAdon LeChol Mitzrayim. That's the focus. Kisam Ani Elokim LeChol Mitzrayim. Yosef Ishpi Al Toshavei Mitzrayim. Sheyaminu SheElokim Adon LeChol Mitzrayim. Right, dating back to a few weeks ago or last week even, we said Yosef contradicted Paro. You're a great dream interpreter. No, it's not me. It's God. Yosef Samani Elokim Zui B'Sorator LiYakov Avinu. That's the Besura Torah, that Yosef recognizes that it's not him. Yosef recognizes that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge and explains the Darki Musr now of Naiman. V'linira Pashtun B'Pashtus, line 5. Eichanachnu Regilim Lomar, Kibalti Misra Mi'ishploni. Oh, he gave me a job. I got a great job. V'kolshke Misha B'Kabal Misra G'bo I made partner. I. I wasn't given partner. I made partner. I was appointed. But who was I appointed by? Yosef I'm on Paro's good side. He appointed me. No. That's tell Yaakov that Hashem made me and he'd be happy that I still have that outlook. Go tell him that. I recognize that everything I have is from him. What a simcha gedola for a parent to hear that their child is connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's no greater nachas for a parent to hear that after a decade, after so many years, He's still connected. He's not totally on his own pikrus. He realizes it's a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Like he told, Paro biladi, biladai, elokim yane, eshlom paro. Rav Naiman, in the context, in the historical context, he was talking about 1967. He says, we have to make sure that we also realize the message of Yosef. Elokim samani. Right, when we have such miracles that God did for us, those who live through it, remember those six, those six days. Who can even imagine the most optimistic person 
And most were not optimistic. But the most other person to say something like that, it must have been a Kaddish Baruch Hu b'chvodah uva'atzmo. Ki afilu malach lo hayayachol ligmor ha'molchama kol kach maher. Says Rav Naiman. Kaddish Baruch Hu b'chvodah uva'atzmo yara l'mitzrayim. Literally. V'hika osam. It took out their air force. V'lorak ha'zabachorim. V'b'day Yisrael yaminu. And if we think that it was us, then we're missing the message that Yosef taught us. We'll get him next time. If we know it's Hakadosh Baruch Hu, maybe that will that will trickle down. But that's the Besorah Tova that Yosef sends to his father. You have to realize Elokim Samani Osi b'Mitzrayim. We have to always be God-centric and realize HaKadosh Baruch Hu is pulling the strings. No matter what we do, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one that gives us uh, all of our abilities, all of our skills, everything we have is from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And just to add on, if you look in the Sefer Lehis Aneg, they quoted this Taki uh, Musar, at least quoted the first half, first paragraph, then they added on, you know, people who, who don't take any credit for themselves, we mentioned before Rachel Imenu was self-effacing, and maybe that was Shoal's problem. He was too self-effacing in terms of being the king, but one of the greatest self-effacers in history was Ramosha Feinstein. And tell a story here that Nichas Yudi, one time someone went into, to, uh, was just becoming, uh, from Zachalaskar of Liadus, Ubiki Slurus says God Laldari, he wanted to see Ramosha, he never saw Ramosha before. He wanted to see Ramosha. Kishabir, so he was, he was just learning the ropes. Kishabir, Hechan Efshalaroso, they told him he's in the base Madrash. So, he goes in, he had never seen him before. Armor Loshi, Karnas Lutfila Shachas Bishiva, so fine. Nechnas Verolafana Bachurim, Avrechim, Balibatim, he sees all different people, you know, Kabtsanim. He sees people in Shul, he also sees some, some, you know, collectors going around the Shul. Besofa Tfila, at the end, Pana Rech, Lechadayam, Spalim, at the end of Shul, you know, one of the guests, he turned to one of the, uh, you know, one of the people diving there and said, maybe you could show me who Ramosh is. I, I, I don't know who he is. I don't know if he was, he wasn't sitting in the front. And the, he, he was shocked. He's like, what? Hit Barer, what happened? And a few minutes before, Ramosha came along over to him to say Shalom Aleichem to him and put out his hand. But this man thought that Ramosha was collecting. So he gave a couple of, uh, a couple of coins into Ramosha's hand. Ramosha didn't want to embarrass him. Ramosha took it and then went away from him. Ramosha Feinstein didn't want to. Samani Elokim Lepara. Samani Elokim Le Adon Lechol Mitzrayim. Right? He remembers, this is Ramosha, right? Mir Lahoti Chati Dollar Vihinicho Bakafiada Ramosha Berova Dinuso. Lachat Sakhesef Hodel Ishva Halach. My mother remembers when she used to grow up in the Lower East Side, or Ramosha used to be walking down the street and kids used to be playing ball. And they used to say, Maishi, Maishi, talking to their friends, and Ramosha would say, What, what? Like you thought, like, no, chas But this is Ramosha Feinstein. This is someone who, who in, who absorbed the message of Yosef Atzadik. Samani Elohim Adon. Everything I have is for, is for, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ramosha knew who he was. Ramosha knew. When he had to give Psakim, he gave Psakim. But he also knew that it was all a gift. And that's why in the Hagdama to Igris Moshe, he writes, I don't know why I'm writing this. People ask me questions, so I guess I have to write it. But 
you know, I don't really take any credit for, for myself. Okay, moving right along. Moving right along. We go to Perek Memhei, Pasuk Yudalid, and Pasuk Tezvav. So what happens? Yosef, after he reveals himself, it becomes very emotional. The brothers are very emotional. And Vayipol al-Tzavrei binyamin He falls on the neck of Binyamin, his brother, and he cries. U-Binyamin bachal tzavarav And Binyamin cries on his neck. Why are they emphasizing the necks here? They're crying on each other's necks. No, he cried with him on his shoulder. He cried. He cried. You know, it's like emphasizing the necks. You know, what's, why the necks? Especially, look at the next Pusik. This one's not as famous. Yosef cried with all the brothers. Only, only Yosef, only Binyamin gets a neck word by him. Yosef cried on Binyamin's neck. Binyamin cried on Yosef's neck. And Yosef cried with all the brothers. That's what it should say. All the psukim. What's the emphasis of the neck? Question one. But there's another question we could ask. Many are familiar with the Rashi. Rashi tells us, Pasig Yudalid, Vayipol al-Tzavrei binyamin He cries on Binyamin his brother. Why is he, what's the emphasis? Why is he crying? Al-Shnei Mikdashos. Really, what Yosef is doing, he's crying for the Dupate Mikdash that are going to be in the Nachla of Binyamin, the Chorban. Yosef is crying for the Bate Mikdash. Yosef, as well, I'm sorry, is crying for the Bate Mikdash. Binyamin, Binyamin Bachal Tzavarav, Al Mishkan Shiloh. Shasil Lios Bechel Kosho Yosef, Asof Alecharev. And Binyamin is crying for Mishkan Shiloh, which is in the Chalik of Yosef. After 369 years, it is also going to be Nechrav. Interesting word, right? There's no specific description of a physical churban of Mishkan Shiloh. They stopped using it. It was put away, right? After the Aaron was taken by the Plishtim, Shiloh was done. We don't find it that it was burned or destroyed. Eli died and finished. But it's called a churban. Rav Salvechik has a, has, talks about this in his Sefer on, on Tishabav. Why it's still called a churban, but it's based also on this Chazal right here. This Sofo Lecharev. Chazal say, called the, called the Mishkan Shiloh, also Nechrav. Question. Why did Chazal only darshan the crying having deeper meaning by Yosef and Binyamin's cries? And not on Yosef's crime with his brothers. What, it's just because they didn't have Bate Mikdash or Mishkan? So it worked out nicely that the two Bate Mikdash were in Binyamin and the Mishkan was in Shil, was it by Yosef, so they cried for each other. By the Bate, by, by Yosef and Binyamin. He cried on the brothers also, but Chazal don't darshan anything by that cry. So why not the first two? Maybe they just cried. How do we know that they're crying for the, for the Bate Mikdash and for the Mishkan? Says the Eish Kodesh. Hashem Yikom Damo, the Eish Kodesh, the Piazetzna, who was killed in the Shoah. And many of his thoughts, many of his thoughts in the Eish Kodesh, Al-Hatorah, have, are this type of thought that we're about to do, writing autobiographically, before he was taken away to the, to the, uh, to the camps. Says the Eish Kodesh, again, we found his work in a, in a milk crate, after the, uh, after the war, unbelievable Nisim, how it was found. Uh, but Baruch Hashem, we have the Eish Kodesh, which we, we don't do enough of, but here it is. Pirish Rashi. Shalom Mikdashos, Shasidim Lios, Bechalkeyam, Balei Charev. 
Vinavinna, he asked the second question first. Rashi doesn't say a word. Let me tell you what I think, says the Eish Kodesh. And with this, he's also going to answer the emphasis of the necks. He says the neck symbolizes something. We find it elsewhere. And we even find it literally in a Rashi. The Gemara tells us in Masechus Rosh Hashanah, the sugya of mitzvos lav lehenos nitnu which halachically means mitzvos are not defined by hana'ah. Right? If I'm mudar hana'ah from you, I'm not allowed to get benefit from you, you could blow a shofar for me. Because I'm not getting benefit from the shofar, I'm doing a mitzvah. That's the sugya of mitzvos lav lehenos nitzvah. Mitzvos are not defined as pleasure. As we get benefit because we're doing the mitzvah. But it's not defined as pleasure. Look at Rashi. Again, it's a well-known Rashi in that sugya. Rosh Hashanah Chavches. What does it mean, lav lehenos? So what are mitzvos? Ela l'ol al tzavarehem nitznu. Mitzvahs are burdens on our necks. They are loads in, a, in the best way possible. A load doesn't have to be a negative load. A load on my neck is something I want to carry. And I'm very excited about carrying it. But it's a load on our neck. Vizeo aremez shebachu al ol mitzvos hasor bishas chorban. And you know what, says the Eish Kodesh? You know what the crying is about here? It was crying, Tzavar, that word neck, that's what clued Chazal in to Darshan, something on that cry. This is just, isn't just a cry about, you know, I'm so happy to see you. It's a cry that in the future we're not going to be able to do something that's usually on our Tzavar because of the Chorbanos. Because the all mitzvos that we have cannot be fulfilled in its entirety and properly when we're being persecuted and murdered, says the Eish Kodesh. When there's churban, there's a lack of avodas Hashem. We can't fulfill completely. Here we go. Kolish Yisrael Yesh Obetzavaro. Every Jew has an ol on their neck. That's the that's the Rashi by Mitzvos Lavlehenos Nitnu. Shekazos vekazos muchrechulasos patarve Mitzvos Vachayom. We have to do it again. We could be, it's all Malchus Shemayim, right? All mitzvot. It's called a burden, but the Rashi's lashing on the neck. Gamach Shavosa Vidiburav, you Bikadusha. Our thoughts, our speech. Even if I'm not strong in a certain day, but I still have that all. Masha Enkein, Kishaba is Churban, Shatsaros Mizgabros Maod. But when there's Churban, what he was living through, right? When the tsaras are terrible. The kolish be Yisrael nechrav chas v'shalom. Oz lo rak mashein nosten lahem lasos enam osim. Rak bechlal ha'ol sar me'alehem chas v'shalom migodol tsar v'ashivron. We not only can't do mitzvos, but just the all were so weak. And we're not at, we're not on fire. V'yalzeh bachu. That's what they cried about each other on each other's necks. Because they cried based on the fact that they saw the Chorbanos, which would remove the old mitzvos that they would want to do, but they couldn't. And says the Eish Kodesh, maybe this even, this even connects to later on in the Parsha, where we have again that Yosef cries with Yaakov. Yaakov is on his way down. What happens? Yosef, Vayakam Yaakov Be'er Sheva, he goes to Be'er Sheva and 
we just find the, uh, the Pasik, Beikos Miknehamis, Rechusham, Ubanav, Ubanav, Beisav, he takes everybody down, and then what happens after the list of the, of the families, there's Yehuda Shalach, he sends Yehuda, Vayera Elov, Pasik, Chavtes, Vayipol, Altsavarav, Vayev Galtsavarav Od, again the neck, four times in the Parsha, again, by Yosef and Yaakov, the focus is on the neck, Vayipol, he fell on his neck and he cried on his neck, Chazal Darshan. Only one of them was crying on the neck. The other one wasn't. So what was he crying on? Yosef was crying, says the Eish Kodesh, because Yaakov's coming down to Mitzrayim was the beginning of Shibud Mitzrayim. It was beginning of the Tsaris. It was the beginning of the first Golos we went into. Right? Beforehand he cried about the Bate Middash and about Shiloh. But this is the beginning of it. And again, it's the neck. And why wasn't Yosef saying Kriyashma? Again, discussion. Yosef is crying. He could foresee. Yaakov doesn't. Yaakov says Kriyashma. Why? Because he says the Mesiris Nefesh and Omachl Shamayim says that's what's going to get us through it. Kriyashma is going to get us through all these Saras. Yes, the old is going to be broken. But the Mesiris Nefesh, Yaakov, as B'nai Yaakov or B'nai Yisrael, is going to get us through all. Oh, he doesn't cry in the neck because he says Jews can be strong. We can make it through and we can accomplish even in that regard. Okay, an H. Kodesh to take with us. Moving right along. Perek Memhei Pasach Chavches. The end of Perek Memhei and getting into Perek Memvav. So here we go. So Yaakov says, I have to go down to Mitzrayim. Right, he comes back. Vaisa Yisrael, v'chol After the brothers tell him, v'yavo be'erashava. So, okay, great. It's time to go down to Mitzrayim. Yaakov, Yisrael goes. He comes to Beersheba. V'yizvach z'vachim l'elohea v'yizchak. And he gives karbanas. He gives karbanas to Hashem. V'yomer l'kim l'yisrael, b'mar salayla. Hashem all of a sudden appears to Yaakov. Vayomer, Yaakov, Yaakov. Right, one of the four people in Tanakh that has their name called twice by God. Yaakov, Yaakov. Vayomer, Hineni. Vayomer, Anochi Akel Akel Avicha. Al Tirav Erdem Mitzrayim. Don't be scared. Ki Legoi Gadol Asim Chasham. I'm going to make you a great nation. Anochi Erdem Chav Mitzrayim. I'm gonna go down with you. Vayanochi Aalcha Gam Alo. If we translate literally. Uh, a raid, I will go down in Chav, Anochi Alcha, I will go up, or I will bring you up. Meaning you're gonna come back here too, you're gonna be buried here. Fine. Let's think about what just happened. Yaakov starts going down to Mitzrayim. He stops in Beersheva on the way. Hashem says, don't be scared to go to Mitzrayim, I'm gonna be with you. He was already going. He wasn't scared. Or maybe even if he was, he was getting over it. He was already on his way down to Mitzrayim. And then all of a sudden Hashem says, no way. There's obviously something deeper going on here. We discussed a couple of years ago, the Meshachachma, that Yaakov Avinu, Dafka had Maros Halayla. He was the only Av. But says, Rebbe Tzion Fira, the Hegyona Shotar, is something very sharp. Something very sharp, which has to be, has to be taken by Jews throughout the world um, in a very uh, serious way. Says the Hegyona Shotar, What's Hashem doing here? Yaakov is ready on his way down. Why does Hashem have to tell him, don't be scared? Line 10, source number 12. Yesh Lomar. Sha'acharei Yaakov roas yiridasal mitzrayim. Kedavashu osem meritzono atov. Yaakov is choosing to go down to Mitzrayim. 
He hears that his son is alive. Great, I'm going. But if he's going willingly, there's a danger. Mitzrayim is not our home. If Yaakov goes down willingly, HaKadosh Baruch who knows, there's a danger that his children and descendants will never want to leave. If he goes down willingly, you know what? Then by definition, Mitzrayim is not a gullus. You don't go into exile willingly. What is the definition of gullus? Right, what's Gaulus in Mesechah's Makos? You are forced to go to an Ir Miklat. That's Gaulus. Gaulus means we are forced to go somewhere we don't want to be at. And we yearn to get out of Gaulus. And we yearn to leave the place where we are. If Yaakov goes down to Gaulus, that's not, goes down to Mitzrayim, that's not Golos. He has to be sent down to Golos, not go down to Golos. You know what Hashem just did? Yaakov gets to, comes to Beersheba, he's on his way going down to, to Mitzrayim. Hashem says, no, 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 I'm sending you to Mitzrayim. Because you have to know that it's a Golos. It's not a place to get comfortable. If it's exile, who wants to be in exile? Who wants to be in the year Miklat? By definition, if you're in Gaulus, you're hoping to have redemption. And only someone who is hoping to get out of it has a possibility of one day getting out of it. Why should I look for redemption if I'm not in exile? Only if you're in exile... Is there redemption on the horizon? If I'm not in Gaulus, I'm fine, I'm happy. Simon Ladavar, and that's exactly what happened here. Says the Yonah Shel Torah, based on uh, the Svarno. Let's read his words. Simon Ladavar, Yaakov Rasi Ridazal Mitzrayim Kedavar Shuosim Miritzono. And that's why he brings Karbanos. You know, my father, why do you have to give Karbanas for Aviv Yitzchak? Because Yitzchak never left Eretz Yisrael. I'm going. I'm going down because that's what I'm deciding to do. Hashem says, no, no, no. No, no, no. Anochi hu amorid oscha. Umishem shanochi amorid v'lo atoha yoreid I'm sending you down and I'm going to take you back. And therefore, this was a redefining of the Nisiya, of the traveling down to Mitzrayim. Yaakov wasn't doing it from his own free volition. Right? He could have been brought food back. I'm going to stay here, just like my father. My father didn't leave. I'm not leaving. No, no, no. It has to be, I'm forcing you down. It's nothing personal anymore. It was no Remember the the Shvatim are not Avos. Maisa Avos 
Simon Labanim. There are only Shlosha Shinikru Avos. Yaakov, after Beersheba, he is carried. He is not going himself. Because it's a Gullus. And to Gullus you don't go willingly. Because there's Geula. And that's even why fascinating, he says, at the, in the last paragraph, we know the Gemara tells us that the B'nai Ephraim wanted to get out first. They tried to get out before the end of the time. They tried to get out and they were, they didn't make it. Why Dafka did the B'nai Ephraim try to leave? The Gemara Sanhedrin, Sadi Beis, talks about them. Because B'nai Ephraim, even more than the rest of B'nai Yisrael, they knew they were in Gaulus. Why? They were forced to go down. Right? Their father was sold. They knew it was Gaulus. There was no, there was no, uh, second guessing. The other Shvatim had a little harder time, right? Four fifths of B'nai Yisrael lost the message. Right? Makas Choshech had to take care of that. But that's the message that we take. Whenever there's a Gullus in history, we have to recognize that it's a Gullus. Because once we feel comfortable and think that it's not a Gullus, so then there's no hope for Geula. Because why do I need to be redeemed if I'm not exiled? We have to recognize that we need a lot more, even, even I might add, those who us who have the schus of living as close to the Geula as possible here in Eretz Yisrael, we still have Gullus and we still have issues that we still need Malchus based David in so many different ways and we David for full Geula. But we have to realize also that we're, that we're still in Gullus. Okay. One final thought for the evening. And it's based on a Medrash. Part of the Medrash is well known. Rashi quotes part of the Medrash. The first half of the Medrash is in source 13. It's on the Pasuk. The Medrash Rabbah. It's on the Pasuk that Yaakov sends Yehuda to Goshen to set up before he gets there. Right? What did he have to set up? So he sent him to one of the Pshatim. Rashi quotes, set up Yeshiva. The language of the Medrash is a base va'ad. She Torah. And the Medrash continues and says, well, how do we know that there was any Torah being learned? And the Medrash is quoted about Eglah Rufa, and that's why Yosef sent the Agolos to remind Yaakov about the last Torah topic that they learned together. Right? Eglah Rufa, and that's and all the symbolism of what that is. But then the Medrash continues and says, how did Yaakov know about Eglah Rufa? Torah. Knew it from Yisrael. How did Yisrael know? From Avraham. How did Avraham know about Torah? He knew about God. Right? He looked at the sun and the moon. But how did he know Torah? Asks the Medrash, line 15. Lamad Avraham From where did Avraham know Torah from? Two days. We're going to focus on the second one. We'll read both. But Shimon Omer, Torah. From inside of him, he knew Torah. What does that mean? Good question. Not for now. A lot of Midrashim. Midrashim always leave open many different interpretations. Right? From inside of him. From, from his two klayos. Rebbe Levi Omer, me'atzmo lama Torah. Rebbe Levi says, from himself. Lama Torah. It doesn't sound like it's something inside physically, the, the kidneys. Me'atzmo. What does that mean, me'atzmo lama Torah? And if you look at the end, we're not going to read it, it just talks about the different opinions, how old was Avram when he recognized Hashem. Right? 48, 3, all different opinions. But what does it mean, me'atzmo lama Torah, from himself? Says Revolbi in his Sefer Be'emunaso Yichya. Says Revolbi in Source 14. To recognize God, all we have to do is open our eyes. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is all over the world. If we look at the world with spiritual glasses, we'll see Torah. We'll see Hashem. 
and we'll feel close to Hashem and we'll have a burning desire to get close to Hashem. And when you want to be close to somebody, what do we do? We want to do what they like, what they appreciate, which is Torah. Aram Avinu looked at the world through spiritual lenses and he saw God in nature and he saw God in family and he saw God everywhere. And when you see God everywhere, may atzmo lama Torah. From biology, from chemistry, from physics, from astronomy, from astrology, from everything in the world, from, from, uh, from botany, from, from zoology. Kodesh Baruch Hu is all over. And when you see that, line six, the whole world is where I see HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Once that's true, then, Mimela, I need to figure out what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants, which is the Torah. That's the Medrash, Turn the page for a second. Says Revolbi, Hakarazuj If we if we all of a sudden realize that we can try to see Hashem in everything in our lives, even in the the mundane activities that changes our whole life, and he even uses the beautiful Lashon. It's as if the whole world is a base of Migdash. Ad line four, Shemitstayer Belibo Kilua Omid Bebesa Migdash. You can see the Kharishbrach on the base of Migdash, the whole world is like a base of Migdash. If we look at the world properly, with the proper eyes. And that's even reflected in a halacha. Such a great halacha. We know we wash our hands three times. We wash our hands in the morning. Wash our hands in Tilo Shadayim. What's called Negawasar in Yiddish. Why? Three reasons given by the Mefarshim. One, Ruach Ra. Okay? Whatever that means. Number two, our hands are dirty. We touch different places in our body during the night. Yadayim Askani Yosein. That's the rush. Says the Rashba in Etshuva. I gave it to you. Last source. Because we're like a Kohen washing his hands at the Kiyar before he does the Avod in the Beis HaMikdash. When we wake up in the morning, we're like a Kohen about to do Avoda. What an inspiring thought. We, I'm not a Kohen. We're all Kohanim. We're Mamleches Kohanim. The whole world is a Beis HaMikdash. As Revolvi says, And we have to get ready to do the Avoda in the base Hamigdash, our base Hamigdash, uh, which is the world where we have so much to do. So Revolvi says that's where we have to reach the level of Me'atzmo Lamad Torah. Okay, we'll stop here, Ben Next week, we have Zach Hazak as we finish up Sefer Bracious.